That was uncommon. You think that was uncommon? We've been talking on Wednesday nights about living uncommon. And um, wow, what a great, what a great song. What a great way to start my message tonight. Holy Spirit is so good. I want to read um, one of Dr. Savell's words for this year. (laughs) Um, It was on January 1st that God gave him this word, and it says this. 2020 is now over, and the new year has finally come, so get ready for more and more rejoicing in 2021. (laughs) Now, that's a little bit uncommon because we don't go outside and we see that a whole lot. You don't see a whole lot of people just rejoicing and laughing, and do you? I don't. It's been kind of somber. It's been a somber maybe year or year and a half now, you know? And so I think part of living uncommon will be rejoicing and laughing. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. So let me finish reading this. 2020 is now over and the new year has finally come. So get ready for more and more rejoicing in 2021. The things I have planned will surely bring you great joy. Blessing after blessing after blessing. That's what I will deploy. Never have you witnessed such goodness that you will soon see. I'm pouring it out in abundance so that you will have greater victories. Things you stood in faith for that seemed they'd never come. They'll manifest shortly and every battle will be won. Keep your eyes on me and your trust in my word. And regardless of what others say, you'll not be disturbed. A year of great favor. That's what you'll testify to. For abundant overflow is surely coming to you. (laughs) How can you not smile and laugh when you hear such a good word, right? Um, I like that it said, um, things you stood in faith for that seemed they'd never come, they'll manifest shortly. And every battle will be won. Just when you thought it was impossible. Right? Just when you thought, well, I got it wrong. This isn't one of those things that God does. Nope, nope. That's, that's what he's saying. Nope, nope, nope. This is what he said on April, similar to that. The Lord said, no longer think that what looks so impossible could never change. Oh, yes, it will, says the Lord. In fact, it's already been arranged. So rejoice in your God and boldly say, I'm headed for greater things, and they're on their way. Yeah. Right? <laughs> that should put a little bit of pep. In your step, right? Raise your head a little higher. I'm headed for greater things and I am on my way, right? Yeah. So rejoicing. There's like three different definitions for rejoicing in the Bible and they're all similar. Shout of joy, be cheerful, brighten up. Because remember, that's one of the things the Lord said, get ready for more and more rejoicing. So I think we should understand what that means. Maybe we should do it in advance. So cheer up. Be joyful, shout for joy, brighten up. (laughs) Right? Um, Jesus said it like this. He said, um, be of good cheer. Right? Be cheerful. Be of good cheer. And that actually literally, in the literal, means have courage. Have some dang courage, people. Right? Have some courage. It doesn't matter what we're seeing out there. We have a great, mighty God. Right? So have some courage. Be of good cheer. Jesus said, be of good cheer to a paralytic, Matthew 9, 2, who was paralyzed for a very long time. Be of good cheer. It's not impossible, right? He said it to the woman with the issue of blood. Be of good cheer, woman. Go your way. Your faith has made you whole. It's not coming back, right? No matter how long it's been, you're whole. Be of good cheer. Have courage. Go off and have courage, right? He said it to the disciples in the midst of a storm. Be of good cheer. And then he said it to Paul. 
He appeared to Paul on a ship in the middle of a storm where they were despairing of their very lives, the Bible says. And he said, be of good cheer, Paul. You will stand in Rome. Right? So God will show up in your impossible situations and tell you what he's telling you tonight. Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Get ready. Get ready. There's going to be so much rejoicing this year. So we might as well just start. Right? Um. I'm headed for greater things that are on the way. Nothing that looks, no longer think what looks impossible could never change. Oh, yes, it will. Don't you love that God will say, oh, yes, it will. <laughs> oh, yes, it will, says the Lord. So impossible things. When I think of impossible things, I think of Abraham and Sarah, right? Because, like, it doesn't get in the natural much more impossible than having a baby when you're 100. But um, so they did. So that, that takes place in Genesis 17 and 18. And do you know that when God showed up and told Abraham that he was going to have a child, do you know what his reaction was? He laughed. He laughed. Because, I mean, that would be like his dreams coming true. Right? Do you know what Sarah did when Sarah found out they would be having a baby? She laughed. She laughed. So tonight, what, when God, if God showed up tonight and told you something about your life, what would he, could he say to you that would just make you laugh? Think about that. Oh, I've got millions in store for you. Or that job that you thought wasn't with someone else's, oh no, it's yours. What, what would it be that would just start making you laugh? Haven't you ever stood in praise and worship and it was so good that you just chuckled out loud? You know, the words were so real to you that you just laughed because in the midst of your situation, God is God. And it just caught you and you just found yourself laughing. I know I've done that. I've done it. There's two reasons that people laugh in the Bible. They usually laugh out of merriment or they laugh in scorn, like laugh at, you know, that's what we do to the devil. One of my dad's favorite cartoons, and he used this example my whole life growing up, in the pulpit. He loved this cartoon where the guy is doubled over laughing, and then in the next picture, he's on the floor rolling on the ground. And then in the next picture, tears are coming out of his eyes. And the caption below the picture says, the devil said what? (laughs) And I love it. And that's how I feel. That's laughing at, right? We, we, we don't listen to him. He doesn't have say in our lives. He has no authority. Jesus came and robbed him of all power and dominion, right? Everything. And I mean, just paraded him as a captive in front of everyone. So the devil said, what? Who cares what he says? It doesn't matter what he has to say. What does our God say? So we laugh. We laugh at that. I think about um, pastor 14 weeks. I promise, right? Something like that. Do we really think that God's been talking to us about I promise to do nothing? 14 weeks of telling us I promise, I promise, I promise, I promise, I promise. Because he's not going to do anything? No. He's telling you I promise because he's going to do something. He's going to do something. You know, and just like in this Genesis passage... With Abraham and Sarah, he showed up and said, no, the impossible is going to (laughs) happen. We need to start laughing that the impossible is doable. Just start laughing every time you think about it. Start laughing like Abraham and Sarah did. Wow, God, wow. Wow. (laughs) That's amazing. That is amazing. Two to three times, like in this last week or maybe two weeks, 
I have laughed so hard. I can't even tell you. That's what brought this whole message on. I, I, I think I've laughed harder this past week than in like the last two years. I don't even know. I laughed so hard that I remember laughing. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you laugh and it doesn't like occur to you later that you were laughing. But I mean, I think about it even now. I think about how hard I was laughing and it makes me want to start laughing all over again. Because it was so funny. And, and it was so, it was just, and it was funny. It was so funny. The la- it was just funny. I just can't, I can't explain it. You had to be there. I was laughing so hard. I was crying. I was, cry- I was laughing and tears were pouring down my eyes. It's like I wanted to stop and cry so I could finish the crying. But I was laughing so hard. I couldn't catch my breath. And I was trying to tell Eric what I was laughing about. And tears were pouring out of my eyes. I could not stop. And the more I, the more I thought about the fact that I was laughing and, t- and crying, the more I laughed. And I just could not control myself. And of course, this is at night because I've already told some people night. You know, I'm a morning person. So if you catch me at night, you know in mid afternoon, I'm pretty somber because I'm like getting ready for bed. But if you make me stay up a little too long, then you just don't know what you're gonna get. But I was just laughing, and the more I laughed, the funnier I thought it was that I was laughing. I could not stop laughing, and I'm trying to tell Eric what's going on, and he just starts laughing. He doesn't even know why I'm laughing, and he starts laughing because I'm laughing. You know how you know how that goes, you know? It made me think of that song, um, I Love to Laugh in Mary Poppins. You know how they he, that guy in that movie started laughing, and the kids couldn't not laugh, and then they're all laughing, and then Mary Poppins joins in. I love to laugh, and sometimes you just really need a good laugh. Sometimes God just gives you a really good, deep, long, tears coming out of your eyes, laugh. And I'm so thankful because we need those. Sometimes you just need it. You just need it. So amidst all of this, oh shoot, let me get something out of my bag. Sorry, cameraman. So amidst all of this laughing over this past few weeks, somebody gave me a new book. It's a new old book, a new copy of it. An old copy, new to me, of Jerry Savelle's that says, if Satan can't steal your joy, he can't keep your goods. So I decided to read it. Because, I mean, I was already laughing more than I've laughed, like, in the last two years. So I thought, why not? So as I was, la- as I was reading this book, chapter 2 is titled, If Satan Can't Steal Your Joy, He Can't Defeat You. Which I absolutely love. I mean, talk about a great definition of winning. If he can't steal your joy, he can't defeat you. You just won. You win. You win. If he can't take your joy, he can't defeat you. You win. I think that's a great Christian definition of winning. Sometimes we get wrapped up in all of the, like, physical stuff. But, hey, don't let him take your joy. Otherwise, he wins and you lose. So we don't like to lose. So in this chapter, in chapter 2, Dr. Saval shares that he learned that God laughs. He didn't learn that God laughs. By reading the scriptures, because there are some that say that God laughs. He didn't learn it that way. He, he learned God laughs because one day he heard God laughing. I can't even imagine what that must sound like, but I mean, based on how I can laugh, I can imagine what it would sound like. But on, let me just read this to you directly from the book. Okay. Did you know that God laughs? The first time I found this out, I didn't know it was in the Bible. I discovered that God laughs because I heard him laughing. You see, I know the voice of God. I recognize it when I hear it. 
Well, one time I had found myself in a situation in which it looked as though I was bound to fail. There seemed to be no way out. So I went into my study, sat down at my desk, and laid my Bible out. I said, now, Father, here's the problem. Here's what man says, here's what the devil says, and here's what your word says. Then I started reading the word. Suddenly inside me, in the same place I hear his voice speaking, I heard laughter. (laughs) It surprised me, and I thought, that's not me. I said, Lord, is, is that you laughing? He said, yes. I said, what are you laughing at? And then I got tickled listening to him. I was laughing because God was laughing. I could hear him laughing inside me. Finally, when I managed to get my breath, I said, Lord, what are we laughing at? It's like Eric and me in the bed. He said, the devil, he thinks he's going to win. But Lord, it does look that it does. Thank you. It does look that way. Yes. But that's what's so funny. (laughs) And then he started laughing again when I read that. When he says, the devil, he thinks he's going to win. But Lord, it does look that way. Yes, that's what's so funny. I started laughing out loud, out loud at my home. I started laughing out loud about that. Yeah, right? So here's the scriptures that actually, and you know, you can look these up in your Bible, but they're right here in the book, that talk about God laughing. It says in Psalm 2, 1 through 4, Why are the nations in an uproar and the peoples devising a vain thing? The kings of the earth take their stand, and the rulers take their counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us tear their fetters apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. (laughs) The Lord scoffs at them. He who sits in the heavens laughs. Psalm 37, verse 12. The wicked plots against the righteous and gnashes at him with his teeth. Have you ever had some... "Ah, ah." Gnash at you with their teeth? I mean, that would be a little freaky, right? The wicked plots against the righteous and gnashes at him with his teeth. This person is seriously not like you. You know what it says next? The Lord laughs at him. The Lord laughs at him. The Lord laughs at him. I just, you know, we need to get a sense of humor, body of Christ. Get a sense of humor. Job 5.22 says to us, You shall laugh at destruction and famine. Guys, we have the wrong perspective and perception of this stuff. He's telling us you are to laugh at famine and destruction. You look at it and you laugh. Why? Because you know your God. You know your God. You know either it won't touch you or it won't be very long. Right? God will bring you through. He will bring you out. You know what? That verse, um, Psalm 103, he redeems your life from destruction. He redeems your life from destruction. And for Christians, it's a win-win. We either get redeemed here or we're going to heaven. Now, that's a supreme win. We need to stop. See what I mean? We need Christian definitions of winning. Because no matter what, it's a win-win for us. We are going to where there's no strife, no sickness, no crying, We shouldn't be sad for anyone in that situation if they're a believer, right? I mean, they just beat us there, right? So we've got to be, we've got to hear what God is telling us. We have to live uncommon. And part of living uncommon is rejoicing and laughing because they don't have that. They don't have that out there. They're going to look to us for that. 
Here's some more laughing verses. Job 8:21. He will yet fill your mouth with laughing and your lips with rejoicing. So if you're sitting here tonight and you're like, Nikki, I just, you just do not understand. I do not feel like laughing. You just don't, I have nothing to laugh about. He will yet fill your mouth with laughing and your lips with rejoicing. That's what I say to you. Just wait, just wait, just wait. You'll get it. He will yet fill your mouth with laughing. He's going to come through for you. You will start laughing. You will hear his plans for your life. They will not be cut short. You will not be hindered. Psalm 126.2 says, When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, that our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue was singing. (laughs) You know, that's what happens to me sometimes when I'm sitting in praise and worship. When we have a song like Danny just did and we sing songs that like, you know, sometimes you're just dealing with stuff, you know, and you need to, you need to sing in faith. God, you will break every chain. You, you know what I'm dealing with. You will break every chain. You will break every chain. Your mouth will be filled with laughter and your tongue with singing. There's been so many times where I've laughed out loud. And I'm sure the ladies on my side of the platform just wonder what in the... We're, we're serious here. We're, we're singing to the Lord. And I'm laughing on the front row because it just breaks over me. It's God is so good and I can't help but smile. And it just comes out like a chuckle just escapes. I just can't help it. I hope you can't either. Job In Job 41, God talks about a creature. He's talking about this creature that he has made that was alive and on the earth. It's real. He's talking about this creature that laughs at man's threats to him. Now, there's a reason that God talks about this creature. He talks in Job 41, he talks about how men are afraid of this creature and they can't kill it. They can't kill this creature. And when they try, it actually says the creature just laughs. But in verse 10, he says, who then is able to stand against me? If they, if God made a creature that they can't kill, that they can't, that whose threats do not even bother the creature, what threat do you think God is bothered by? What is it that we think he can't handle? He's the creator of that creature. (laughs) It's crazy. Some of my favorite verses on rejoicing. This has been a favorite of mine since, I don't even know, high school maybe. Well, it was short. It was easy to memorize. But it was a favorite. 1 Thessalonians 5.16. Oh, let's, let's all turn there because, you know. 1 Thessalonians 5.16. Because it's so long. I'm just kidding. 1 Thessalonians 5.16. Rejoice always. Rejoice always. Rejoice always. Always. Rejoice. This is God speaking to us. Rejoice always. Rejoice always. Rejoice always. Do you know what always means? It means always. But you know what it means to me? This is what I write in my Bible. Every when. Every when. Every when. Every when. Every moment. When should you rejoice? Everyone. Everyone. You rejoice always. Rejoice always. I love that verse. And then Habakkuk 3.17. This is funny because Habakkuk's not having a good day. 
I mean, that's not what makes it funny. But Habakkuk 3, 17, listen to what Habakkuk says. He says, though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fall and the fields yield no food, though the flock is cut off from the fold and there's no herd in the stalls. This is not a good day. This is not how you want to live your life. But what does Habakkuk say next? Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Yet, I will rejoice. I will rejoice. He will turn this around. The Lord God is my strength. The Lord God is my strength. You know, there's a verse, and I think it's in Psalm 52. And it talks about a man to whom destruction and like laughing is coming to because he has not made God his strength. That's, that's not us. Destruction doesn't come to us. People shouldn't be ridiculing us. If anything, not that, not that I endorse this, but we should be ridiculing people who don't trust God. How? You're silly. Silly. You're silly. <laughs> But I love that. All these bad things are happening, yet will I rejoice in the Lord. That's winning. That's winning. It reminds me of pastor's verse that he always uses. Not always, but he loves it. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 10. He delivered us. He does deliver us. He will yet deliver us. Right? That's our God. What are we? No worry. No fear. He has delivered us. He does deliver us. He will yet deliver me. That's my God. Say that. That's my God. That's my God. You know, in these crazy times with everything that's going on, and I don't turn on the TV. I'm the most disconnected person you ever met. I'm not on Facebook. I'm not on Instagram. I don't listen to the news. I'm sorry. I'm so disconnected. I have a life to live. So anyway, but in these crazy times, I hear, I hear about it. And, and pe- you know, people are in fear. And I, and, um, I have compassion for them. I do. But in my bathroom... On my vanity that I see every day as I get ready in the morning and then every night when I get ready to go to bed, I see it and I sit it, it's sitting right next to my sink. And this little picture has a picture of a church and it says, you are still God. And every day it makes me smile. I look at it every morning. It's right next to my toothbrush every night and it makes me smile. It makes me stable. You understand what I'm saying? You are still God. You are still God. He still knows how to do everything he's ever done. He still knows how to get his people out of Egypt. He still knows how to send me bread from heaven. He still knows how to heal my body. He is still God. You know, all those diseases were going around Egypt, all those plagues, and it didn't touch the Israelites. He is still God. It just makes me smile and it puts everything in perspective for me. Four little words. You are still God. <laughs> God told me a long time ago, like told me, like I heard his voice say, I am, I care, and I can make a difference. And I just believe him. I just simply believe him. So when things come my way, I laugh. I laugh. I'm sorry. Some people want you to be serious. They want you to be so serious right now. You know, do, don't you, have you not heard? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, I want to say, have you not heard? 
Jesus. Jesus. You know, all through these words that, you know, we put them online for you. We put it under the events page on the website and your church center app. The word of the Lord. Every word of the Lord that Dr. Svell has given us this year. And if you read through those, those, this is what God is saying to us. Stay in faith. Just stay in faith. Just, just believe me. Just, just keep believing my word. Just keep believing my word. Stay in faith. Keep looking to me. With me on your side, how can you lose? I mean, I expected somebody to get up and at least dance on that one. Who? Come on. Which one of you was... <laughs> with me on your side, how can you lose? If we just had that line for the year, would you not make be happy? Would that not make you happy? I'm going to get to that in a second because y'all aren't happy enough. <laughs> then he says, watch what you say. Speak only my word. Now that's a key. And I'll have my way. Well, I want God to have his way. Because he wants to bless me. So I want him to want to bless me. I want him to bless me. So I've got to watch what I say and speak only his word. So that's why I'm not tuning into what they're saying. What they say is not going to give me God's way. God, what God is saying is going to give me God's way in my life. So that's what I'm paying attention to. He says in one of them, stay in my word and rest in me. For this is your year to be totally free. Praise God, right? See, now you're getting it. Now you're getting there. Now you're getting there. So we got to believe God, like believe God, because that's where rejoicing comes from. It comes from believing him. Let me, let me, let's go through a couple of stories. Luke 24. Go to Luke 24. Verse 36. Now, as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them. He appears to his disciples after the, after the resurrection, and he says to them, Peace to you. But they were terrified and frightened and supposed they had seen a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled, and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. This is practical, you know. Jesus saying, I'm not a ghost. I have cut, you can feel me. And if I were a ghost, you wouldn't be able to feel me. It's almost like, is that the Bible? Yeah, Bible. So when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. Verse 41. But while they still did not believe for joy and marveled. You want to know what's an indicator of if you really believe it or not? If it brought you joy. Because just like me standing in praise and worship, singing the songs on the, on the lines on the screen, there's a difference between the person that's singing them that knows exactly what they're singing, who starts laughing, and the person who's just singing them. You break every chain. They're just singing the words on the screen. Do you understand what I'm saying? But when it hits you, you break every chain. I mean, you know, we're going to... we're. Music team, we're going to sing that again after I'm done. So get ready. Everybody get ready. Because those words are going to be, mean a lot more to you the second time we sing it than I think maybe it did the first. So they did not, he knew, but they still did not believe for joy. They just marveled. So sometimes pastor can say something, can be standing up here and say something, and you're like, oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. You're marveling. Wow, I didn't even know that was in there. Oh, that's good. 
But that's still not believing for joy. So you got to go in you. It can't just hit here where you're like, oh, that's good. No, it got to hit here where you believe for joy and you're like, oh, yeah, that's mine. That's mine. That's mine. That was for me. That was for me. That's going to change my life, Pastor. That just changed my life. That's believing for joy is when you just, you, you know, you just got something that changed your life. You just heard something that you know is going to change your situation. You're taking it home with you. That's when you believe. That's when believing comes. Here's another verse for you, Romans 15, 13. Romans 15, 13, one of my favorite scriptures. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. See what the evidence is that you're believing? Joy and peace. If you don't have joy and peace yet, you're not believing. You've heard it. You maybe agree with it, but you haven't yet believed it. When you believe it, when you actually believe it, joy just comes. When you actually believe it, peace reigns. You're no longer worried, no longer concerned, no longer anxious, because you just believe what you just heard, what God said. So may God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So if I heard something and, Nikki, it was good. I understood what you're saying. It was good. I just, I don't have joy. I don't don't have joy. What, What do I do? Well... Believing is another word for faith, and faith comes by hearing. So go back and listen to it again. Listen to it again and again. Think about it. Think about it. Write it down somewhere and think about it. And think about it and think about it and think about it and think about it and think about it. And listen to it again until all of a sudden, <laughs> one day, you will just start laughing. You will, that's, I, I mean, I, I'm speaking. From testimony. That's how it works for me. If I, if I need a revelation on healing, you know, there's not one person in here that doesn't know the healing scriptures, okay? We all know by his stripes we are healed. But if you're sitting here sick tonight and I said by his stripes you were healed and you didn't say, oh my gosh, that's right, yes, yes, then you don't have it yet. So you've got to go back and hear it, hear it, hear it until the Holy Spirit grabs his power and puts it on you. See, by the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes with his power to confirm the word. But you've got to plant that word, plant that word, plant that word until it just comes up out of you. And you are so sure, certain that that word is true. And that's when you start laughing. That's when it doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't, you're convinced. You are fully convinced. No, no, mm -mm. (laughs) no, mm -mm. that's when it's real. That's when it's joy and peace and believing. See, Mark four told us about this. The sower sows the word, right? Well, there's that one soil called the stony ground. And it says that they sow the seed on the stony ground. And that's the person who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. You know, like you're hearing me tonight and you're like, oh man, I'm happy. Yes, that's right. And then you go out of here and you have no root in yourself. And persecution or tribulation arises for the word's sake. And you only endure a little while. And he takes the word. Right? 
So we've got to let it be real to us and real. It can't just be a moment. You can't just get inspired, right? You've got to meditate on it and meditate on it and meditate on it until it's real. It's real and you're laughing and you have peace and nobody can steal it out of your heart. It's got to go down. You know, sometimes when you when you got uh, something, like let's say, like the kids, they plant the flower in the cup thing. And, you know, sometimes if you shake it, the seed goes down just a little deeper. So if you get a little shaken, don't worry about it. Let the seed go a little deeper, right? Just let it go a little deeper. But don't let go of the word. Don't let go of the word. So you have to believe for joy. That joy and peace is the evidence that you're actually believing. Luke 8. Oh, talking about the, the word. You know, in that Mark 4 passage, or Luke 8, they're both so are the word. Um, it says, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, you only endure a little while. So when did you stop laughing? When did you start laugh- stop laughing? When did you stop laughing? What did you allow to steal your laughing? Was it persecution? Was it pressure? Hard times? What stole your laughing, your rejoicing in God? What got your mind? God said, keep your eyes on me. What got your eyes off God? Right? I bet Peter was laughing when he was walking on water. I bet he was like, what? Oh, my goodness. I mean, Joseph, could you take a step out of a boat, take one step, and not be like, you guys, seriously, would you not? Would you not be like, I know I would be, you know, that little hyena, like, (laughs) I would be doing that. Like, what in the world? I bet he was. But then his eyes got off Jesus and on the storm. He wasn't laughing when he was sinking. Right? Yeah. So what, 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 what made you stop laughing? You know, when, when my dad first started, first started going to Russia, it was like back in like 1990 or 91, like right after, you know, communism fell over there and people were allowed in and those first like i mean i don't even know 10 years maybe longer of going over to russia no one smiled when i say no one i mean no one you would walk down a street and not see one person smiling they didn't know god they'd been under communism god was not even allowed they were they didn't have bibles you know people who think socialism and communism is a great idea you've never been to russia you should have seen it. They had nothing. It was socialism. It was the government was supposed to be providing everything they had need of. Nobody had nothing. It was bad. I mean, the way they told they. I mean, if you were smiling, they knew you were an American. They would come straight up to you and say, "American," you know, "American." Yeah, American. Because none of them smiled. So, see, we can't become that church. I don't, you know, I care what happens to the United States of America, but I care much more what happens to the church. You understand? We can't let that be us. We have something to smile about, laugh about, rejoice about. Don't give up your faith. Jesus said to the disciples in John 16, in this world, you will have tribulation. You know, that word literally means pressure. You're going to have pressure. It's going to be pressure. But he said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. 
I have overcome the world. Be of good cheer. Meaning have courage. Be cheerful. I have overcome the world. That word overcome, Pastor Herb, I think, brought it out on Monday during prayer. Guys, if you're missing prayer, I'm just telling you, woo! Overcome means to subdue. That word overcome or subdue, subdue means conquer, conquest, conquest. It's the means of success. So when Jesus said, I have overcome the world, he said, that's your means of success. Just overcome the world. See, we need new definitions of winning. Overcome the world. Subdue it. Conquer it. If he did it, we can do it. He's given it to us. So that when he says, I overcome, I just thought this was interesting, so I'm going to throw this in. This is just, you know, just for you. But um, when he says, I overcome the world, that that word world is the word cosmos. That means the planet and all its inhabitants. So he's, he's, and it said it's the, the orderly arrangement of the planet and its inhabitants. Okay? Well, God told us through Dr. Savell that abundant overflow is the order of the day. Right? So when I looked that up in the Oxford Dictionary, what, I actually looked up order of the day to see if that was a phrase in the dictionary, and it was. And what it means is, so when God says abundant overflow is the order of the day, order of the day means the prevailing custom or state of affairs. So abundant overflow, according to God, this year is the prevailing custom or state of affairs. <laughs> Isn't that great? Abundant, God is telling us abundant overflow is the prevailing custom for 2021. And that's what his plan is. Isn't that good? All right, let me give you another verse. Let's go to Acts 5. Oh, this is another favorite. I love this verse. I love this verse. (laughs) You just got to love people like this in this verse. Okay. So let's start in. Okay, so they, they, the disciples were preaching in that name, Jesus. And so they arrested them, right? And so they're talking about what they're going to do with these naughty disciples. And the one guy pipes up in verse 38 and he says, Now I say to you, keep away from these guys. Leave them alone. For if this plan or this work is of men, it's going to come to nothing, right? If this is just a man thing, it'll like do its course and it'll be over. And then he says, but if it's of God, you cannot overthrow it. Smart man. Lest you even be found to fight against God. So they agreed with him. And when they had called for the apostles and beaten them, wait a minute, I thought he just, they just agreed to do nothing. No, they called for the apostles and beat them. And then they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and they let them go. Now this is the verse. So they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. <laughs> they, went, they just got beat down. And they walked out. Dude, that was great. We just, we just suffered for his name. That was awesome. They're laughing. They're rejoicing. Rejoicing remember means shouts of joy. Yeah, hallelujah. How many of you have hallelujah over been getting beaten? Uh, beat down. Hallelujah. 
that. Not because you're praising God for the beatdown, but you <laughs> suffered shame for his name. I mean, that's reward in heaven, people. Yes. They walked out rejoicing, and then they're like, don't you ever, and we'll, we'll beat you again. You, you, we'll beat you again. You say that name, Jesus, one more time, I will beat you. They walked out rejoicing and daily in the yes. temple preached the name. I love it. I love it. They're my heroes. You ever have verses in the Bible where they are your heroes? These are mine. These are my heroes. I love it. What loyalty. What loyalty to Jesus Christ. Nothing was going to turn them against their Savior. Nothing. Nothing. That's winning. To me, that's winning. We've got, we need to get rid of the world's definition of winning. We need a Christian definition of winning. And this is, this is one of them. <clears throat> you know, um, Dr. Savell, his definition of winning in that chapter was, if Satan can't steal your joy, he can't defeat you. You win. You just don't give him your joy. You just keep being joyful. You, in his face, in his face, Marty, in his face, in his face, that's all you got. <laughs> I mean, laughing. You can't take me out, devil. You take me out, I'm going to heaven forever. You know that place where you're not going? You just laugh. You don't let him, you don't play his game. You don't let him defeat you. You don't let him convince you that life is bad. No, 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 no. No, you're going to heaven. His life is bad, right? So we need new definitions of winning. Dr. Spells, if Satan can't steal your joy, he can't defeat you. These are my submissions for the new definition of winning. W-I-N. Worship in need. When you're in need, worship. Worship in need. Just keep on worshiping. Keep on worshiping. The devil doesn't know what to do with someone who won't stop worshiping. What can he do to you? If you keep lifting up the name of God, that's what he doesn't want you to do. Worship in need. How about W-I-N? How about this one? <clears throat> Without iniquity, no matter what. Like, you're not going to make me sin. No matter what. That's winning. It's when you will not sin no matter the temptation. You will laugh. You will laugh, recognizing the devil's game. You recognize it, you laugh, and you say, I'm not doing that. It's like you get cut off at traffic. You just laugh, laugh. The devil's trying to get me with cut off traffic. That is an amateur's game. Amateur. You're an amateur. Amateur. And you laugh, 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 laugh. Nobody's going to make you not be a Christian. You just laugh. Oh, my goodness, laugh. Somebody speaks disrespectfully of you, you just laugh. Oh my goodness, you don't know what you're saying. Don't touch the anointed. You're in trouble. You just laugh. You're not going to let them, right? You get your goat. You don't you don't let them make you not a Christian, not act like a Christian. That's the devil's game. That's the devil's game. And so when we win, we win when we don't take the bait. That's what sin is. It's, you know, it's temptation, offense. It's all bait. It's all bait to make you do what God would never do. 
the God in you wouldn't act like that. So we don't act like that. To me, that's winning. Winning. Not letting the devil make you do anything. Nothing. Nothing will make you act like Satan instead of Jesus. You just determine you're going to win. And that's winning. It's not, it's not, you know, we get so mad when people diss us, disrespect us. That's pride. That's pride. Compassion says, oh, they got a problem. I need to pray for them. Hit your knees. Pray for them. How about that? How about that for winning? They're sitting there putting you down at the office table lunch, and you just drop to your knees and start praying for them. I bet you clear a room real quick. Real quick. How about first? How about we show them from first this year, right? It says it's a year first. How about we do the firsts? We start doing stuff we haven't done before. Like serious Christianity. I mean, these would be funny testimonies. Funny testimonies, I'm telling you. We would love it. We would love it. So we don't turn on God because of our circumstances. Right? We turn to God knowing he'll turn our circumstances. So we don't, we don't allow the devil to make us turn on God. That's how we win. Side note. Second side note of the sermon. <laughs> Rejoicing is mentioned for the very first time in Leviticus. Leviticus? I know, that's what I said. I thought that was so weird. Leviticus? You mean that book of all those rules? Like crazy rules that they, there was no way anyone could ever remember. That's where rejoicing occurs. You know, all those rules like you can, you can't, you can, you can't, you can't, you can't, 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 can't. All those rules, right? In Leviticus, the word holy is mentioned 80 times. In Leviticus, the word holy is mentioned 80 times. And that's the first time we hear the word rejoicing. Isn't it funny how people think they'll have more fun being unholy than they will being holy? Here you have rejoicing mentioned for the first time in a book of holiness. Boy, y'all got really quiet. I just stuck it good there, didn't I? I just stuck it good. All right, let's finish with this. So, Psalm 126. And I know I kind of said this earlier. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. Our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then, then, when? After our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongue was singing, then... They said, of us, the Lord has done great things for them. You know what's proof that God's done something for you? You're rejoicing. You're laughing. You're happy. They look at you and say, gosh, God's done good things for them. It's proof. It's uncommon. So let's be uncommon. Amen? Let's get serious. Get serious about laughing. Get serious about laughing. Get serious about rejoicing because we win. We win, and that's how we do it. Amen? Amen. Hey, music team, let's do this. Danny, are you guys ready to sing? Do some rejoicing? Mean what you sing? Let's just take a few minutes to enjoy worship. Did you hear, Pastor, with the opening verses to the service tonight? Come into his presence with singing, into his courts with praise, with thanksgiving. Let's think about these words we sing.
and mean them and let them impact your heart so that you walk out with some pep in your step. Amen? Amen.